0: back to the marvel movie minute a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the marvel cinematic universe one minute at a time in this our fifth season we are looking at joe Johnston's 2011 film captain america the first avenger i'm andy nelson from the next real film podcast and i'm pete Wright. gleeful that cap's murderous rampage continues today boy does it ever today we're talking about minute 102 which begins with cap leaping onto the drop plane and ends with cap taking a hit in his tail Back on the show, it's Ryan Bennett, director of news broadcasts and content creator for Black Girl Nerds. Hello, Ryan.
1: Hello, guys. Yes, we get to figure out what happens to number five. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and number four, because as we find out, right as he hops on to this, uh, to this drop plane to try to stop number five, uh, number four rises. This is the one who had been kicked over the railing by Cap right at the uh, very beginning yep. uh, before with the rest of them. And now tries to stop cap and the two of them get to take a ride dr strange love (laughs) style i just (laughs) love it so much (laughs) falling out while they're seated on seated on the rocket let's talk about this and uh you know talk about also the fact that that cap conveniently drops his shield how does all this play for you conveniently drops his shield say more about that (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying if he managed to hold on to his shield, if number four hadn't dropped it, knocked it out of his hand, it would have been really hard for him to to make it through this next sequence. So it's very convenient story wise that his shield stays inside the belly of the ship, so that he can have this fight on top of the Flagger Parasit.
2: Yes, and congratulations on getting Flagger Parasit into the show again. I, I, every time I <laughs> just can. like the way I just like the way you say it. Oh. Honestly, I, I don't know.
1: I it's a drinking game, running? but use water. Use water when you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah please, please. <laughs> uh yeah, I I that's very I did not even think about that. I was just thinking, how dare he drop the shield? We need this. But yeah, he wouldn't have been able to hold on.
2: Right. Yeah. He would we'll probably been. fit into the flagr parasite. That's yep. because the shield would be too wide to mm-hmm. sit in that tiny little cockpit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Can, just, just speaking of the flagger pairs, and now that we have one in flight, can we just comment just briefly on how big this propeller is, and like the length of the blades on this propeller? They're massive, and I, I'm sure there's an engineering reason, but there also seems to clearly be a story reason. Yeah, that these things are so big.
0: Yeah, they, they. It seems like they're probably I don't know six to eight feet. Uh, in in yeah. radius, would you say? It's huge. Yeah. They're
2: huge. And and you hear, I mean, they even they have it built into a great sound. It's a great sound. So I'm sure that there is something about range related to length of, you know, the propeller size obviously does matter. And so I think that, uh you know, it's great to see them there. It's probably it probably purposeful. But the fact that we get, uh, you know, uh, one of the horrific death scenes of our Hydra robot cosplay person is uh, just really, it's pretty gratifying. And and probably the most, I think, the most horrific loss of a Hydra soldier in the movie,
0: um, certainly the bloodiest. Well, is this the bloodiest death we've seen in the MCU? Like, can you think of a death that's as bloody as this? Well, it takes me to, like, Infinity War, like Infinity War Endgame, right? Where Were there,
2: was there an... A bloodier death in Endgame—that was that would have been the place for it. Well, I
0: mean, Thanos gets beheaded
2: of a human. Like, there's probably some really gory stuff in in the in Avengers, probably at the end, the Chitari stuff. I mean, there's some pretty, but it's all like
0: alien gore. Yeah, I guess you know, red blood human gore. Yeah. Um, I just I can't think of anything that that stands out, and and maybe I'm this I'm misremembering something, but it seems like, I mean, this is pretty. I don't know for. For a superhero film, like when I and when I rewatched this to get ready for this, it it really kind of surprised me getting, oh, yeah, like this is like there's some serious blood here, which, you know, it feels. I don't know. Sometimes it feels unnatural for these superhero films that seem so cartoonish at times to suddenly have like such a bloody moment.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like Cap really emphasizes the war, the war moment, as you brought out before, Andy it's that it's a different field than the rest of the films. I think that what Sam's out about Cap's sister in his films is very much, you know, human, that human element of how serious war can get, how bloody it is, how violent it is. You don't get that, you know, that sugar code as you get in some of like Avengers infinity war where you just poof, you're gone. It's like, you have to feel the effects of like what war does, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 There is an element to this and you know, I, I, it's a weird homage if it is one, but knowing that Joe Johnston, you know, came up with Spielberg and Lucas and was working at ILM for such a long period of time, and the fact that Raiders of the Lost Ark also is a World War II film, there is that moment in Raiders of the Lost Ark where Indiana Jones is fighting the the mechanic in front of that plane, and the guy turns around, and and only to find the propeller, literally, like... Right in front of his face and we see a quick little blast of his face kind of getting, you know, taken off by the propeller, which is a pretty, a pretty gory death there. And I I do wonder if there is a little hint of some strange homage that Johnson was throwing in here to that.
2: As a fan of both movies, it's hard not to see that, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just feels like uh, Joe Johnson at one point said, oh, you mean we can do that? Like, that's permission. Let, let's do it, you know? That's it's it's an homage. Also,
1: I wouldn't walk by a propeller with him there. I don't know. Something's weird about why he keeps picking these propellers, because that's a hard yeah. way to go. That's a, it's, oh, it's a I mean, I'm just my face hurts. Like every time he does it, I'm just like, oh, can you imagine like you're already in the air hanging off? And it's just like, oh, drop me into the propeller. No, just let that me is, go ahead and drop where I want to go. Like, I don't know. It's just, it just seems so horrible.
2: Would you rather have just fallen off the pl- uh, off the plane into the Alps, though? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'd rather Maybe it'd just be just be faster,
1: sipping a drink, sitting in the seat, going to my <laughs> tropical <laughs>
2: destination.
1: But if I have to pick, I don't. I just feel like the propeller is just. I don't know. I guess eventually you're going to hit something, but it's just, I, it's just so. you're I just know I would already be scared to just hang off the edge. I wouldn't be fighting him because I'm just holding onto the plane, and then yeah, right, for you to make right, that right. slip where you hit the propeller, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, and we're and we're done. That's it.
2: Yeah, dude, no that kidding. would have been a very different minute if both Cap and the Hydra soldier just stopped fighting because they're terrified. <laughs> <I> <laughs> like just, they just are shivering on the side. Of I would
1: not be good in this film. Plane. I would not like an extra anything because I would just be hanging on for dear life. I don't even know how they're fighting right now. I'm just thinking about the fact that either I'm going to hit the ground, or I hit the propeller. Like which one? Which one comes yeah. first? Like it's just it's insane.
0: Yeah. Well, he also likely has a cyanide capsule, so potentially could just chomp on that. And it would take into effect before he actually hit the ground. But still, it's not going to save him in before he hits the propeller. So it's just, it, it would be another option. I I don't know. They're all absolutely terrible ways to go. Um, it's just, it's really horrifying. And the propeller, it's just, it's surprising how gross it is. Because, mm-hmm. like, as as it hits, it's just like a real, like, thick cloud of chunk and blood that kind of shoot out behind and then you cut to that shot from behind it as it like is is shooting straight up into the sky and you just see instead of the regular airstream that you had seen behind the plane it's like the red airstream yeah and it's uh it's pretty gross it's pretty pretty gruesome
2: that's the that's the lingering horror that i mean the first bit is like you know put a beat in a blender all right i get it yeah it's gonna be chunky and Jeez. and all right it's fine <laughs> But that lingering the title mist for the episode. Of, the, of the trail. <laughs> <laughs> the lingering Ooh. mist is what's really horrible about it, is the thing sails through the blue sky and the clouds. It's just so gorgeous and awful because that was the yeah. person yeah. that is in that mist. That was it's great. I, I mean, that's <laughs> great. Uh, what am I saying? It's, I do love it. <laughs> like, don't get me Previous
0: wrong. To be
1: on Beat and Propeller. I like it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's, that's like next in the if you give a moose a muffin line of books, yep. right? <laughs> if you give a beat a propeller, oh, man, yeah, it's it is uh, it is pretty gross, pretty terrifying. Uh, but it doesn't stop Steve, who of course keeps fighting. And you know, I, I don't know, I do find it odd that it seems like at first I thought, you know, I maybe it's just from watching it all, you know, uh, a number of times, it seems like. Um, he forces his way into the uh, the cockpit, but in rewatching it, like scrubbing through it, it actually looks like he finds like a, a button release to open the cockpit yeah. on the outside. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that seems dumb. Like, why would they have a button <laughs> on the outside of the cockpit to open it? <laughs> you know? like... well, Andy, this is I. I don't mean to take you
2: back to Raiders of the Lost Ark, but if Marion Ravenwood had had a better switch on the outside of the plane. They might have had an easier way of getting her out rather <laughs> than having her trapped. Like, this is Joe <laughs> Johnson learning from his predecessors.
0: Right, right. Because what? Cause... Always
2: put a switch on the outside of the World War II suicide bomb planes. <laughs> 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 it's kind of long-winded. It doesn't really trip off the tongue, but it's, uh, it's a lesson.
0: But the message is there.
2: The message the is, there. is there. Yeah.
0: Well, it he works. He really
2: does. I'm scrubbing through it right now. He really is. He's pulling a lever and pushing the button to open the hatch. <laughs> yeah, in flight, it feels like if anything, there should. Pro- I mean, it's fine having the switch out there because how else do you get in? It's like a car. You wouldn't make a car without a door handle, right? But maybe while it's in flight, there's a special mode that says don't open from outside if you're, you know,
0: right. Like 15, once you engage the, the engine, it, yeah. like it, yeah. it, it, it makes that not work anymore. Like that would be logical. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe Steve's, you know, super fingers. He's able to force it. Super force fingers. The yeah. Yes. <gasps> super fingers. Oh, Andy. <laughs> Steve and his super fingers. Um. All right. So, well, Steve does force his way in, and this, uh, you know, takes me all the way back to Iron Man, Pete, when we were talking about ejection seats. Because what does he do? He pulls the ejection seat, uh, handle and ejects the pilot. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know, my, my recollection of our conversations about ejection seats in that film, which was when Tony was fighting those uh, fighter pilots, is that they eject at like something like 200 miles an hour. Like it's an insane speed that those people yeah. eject at. And often just the 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 speed and everything kind of like, you know, they, they end up getting injured from that. So it's just like, it's a, I don't know. I didn't redo the research, but I do remember our conversations about like how horrifying it sounds to actually get you know ejected from a plane
2: it is uh horrifying, and the fact that I mean cap is in awful close proximity to the ejection mechanism as it comes out like his face is right there and i i you know my understanding is that there is a propulsive force of some magnitude coming out of that plane out of that cockpit to launch that seat out and i I think cap would have lost his i don't know head um but Superhead, so probably not. Or but, his
0: arm. I mean, it looks like, at yeah. least once the guy ejects, it looks like that red handle is on the opposite side of the cockpit from Steve. Yeah. Like, it looks like he actually has to reach across the guy's lap to pull it, which seems like, when that thing ejects, it's going to, like, rip his arm off.
2: He does, and you know what? If scrubbing through kind of frame by frame, he actually has, a, it looks like, a frame to get his arm out of the way because Superfingers and... Uh, so he's okay. That's why he's okay. Any mortal. Yeah, we're going to use that a lot.
1: I like it. Super fingers. It's very convenient. Super fingers right. are very yeah. convenient. Also very convenient. Injection, but you don't have to fight him anymore. Just boop. Yep. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yep. Is that, I mean, is that the, that, it feels like, I like that you brought it up that way. Because it feels like it could be read as kind of a cinematic joke. It could be read as, again, Raiders of the Lost Ark, because now it's on the brain. Mm-hmm. As indie putting down the whip and pulling out a gun and shooting the guy with the sword in the bazaar uh, as a joke. Like it's a it's a it's a movie joke and it could be it, it could be read as that. But it's the scene is almost a little bit too intense and it happens so fast. Like it, it's almost we just have to move, get rid of all the guys so we can get Cap back in in control and give him some agency again. Yeah. But I think it, it could have been funnier.
0: Yeah. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it is, I mean, I, I guess it's not necessarily funny, but the, the hydropilot who gets injected, we never actually see the chute go off. So there is that possibility right. that the chute's broken and he just falls in his chair to the ground.
2: Maybe he was actually, what we don't see is that, you know, the one guy just got blended. Maybe this guy is ejected into the engine of the Valkyrie, which is right above him. Oh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, although in the script, you know, it's actually in the script when he ejects it, they are under the Valkyrie and he ejects him and he hits the bottom of the Valkyrie. Yeah, there you go. Oh,
2: all, of, all of this is just horrible.
0: I know. It's just it's, it's just like Steve is the worst, really, is what, what it all comes Steve down to. Steve is the to. worst! <laughs> Super fingers
2: are not. He's a bad man.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I thought he was trying to uh, save us.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do like that he hops into the, the uh, inner area. I don't know. I guess it's not a seat anymore because the, the seat's gone. So I guess it's just the – the co- it still is the cockpit. He just doesn't have a seat to sit on. So he's just yeah. kind of sitting on raw metal and on, on the the part that ejected the seat. Um, that would
2: have been funny if you'd just given him a second to react to the fact that he's now sitting on, like, a
0: post. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, I just don't want him to say, ow! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, conveniently, though, it still flies. And so we do see him now guide the the drone plane, which apparently flies even faster than the Valkyrie because he is able to catch up to it and zip around the front of it, uh, which I think is, is um, a marvel. And maybe that's why they drop them so far away from their targets, because they actually do fly f- faster than the Valkyrie.
2: Right. That's actually a good point. And, and uh, you're... Maybe that's why they're okay launching, you know, 5,000 miles from the target because they have incredible range as well. <laughs> why do they need the Valkyrie? Why didn't they just I launch know. all these bombs directly from the side of the mountain?
0: That's, that's a really good question. <sighs> all and I'm why hearing is Red
1: has horrible plans. This is all I'm hearing right now.
0: Well, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> it. That's what we've been finding through this whole film is like he has these grandiose plans that are complete garbage. Like yeah. his plans are really dumb. You know, he he never was a good leader.
2: That's why Hugo Weaving never come came back. It's like no. It's a project management problem. Right. <laughs> Solve the project management problem, maybe I'll come back. Exactly.
0: Uh we do see him though notice uh Steve in his zippy little drone plane flying past the front of the Valkyrie. And I don't know why he assumes it's Captain America. Like, this is another question I have. I mean, I know he has monitors inside, but we have never seen him like there has not been anything signaling that hey captain america actually made it onto your plane uh through the wheel well we just know that you know he's got his little cameras and um like i don't know i feel like it would have been a real help to have a camera showing the interior of the the, the where the the um the bomb the drop planes are right where he could have seen Captain America fighting his guys. And so he would have known, oh, hey, Captain America is this. Because this could have been number five, flying the plane right here. And he says, like, I'm just going to shoot you down. Just trying to get back in. Well, that's that, you're right. It could have been. But
2: it could. I mean, don't you think there's something in Red Skull's mind that's like, okay, these things should not have actually been released. And so if one has been released and is and is like flying around me, I need to fix that. That can't be...
0: There must be nefarious intent. Don't you think that he would talk to them first, like use a comm and say, hey, where do you think you're going? It's a a, a suicide plane, Andy. There's no comms. (laughs)
1: He doesn't care. He's like, oh, you're back. Shoot him down. He, you didn't do what I told you to do. You didn't die for my mission. Yeah. You didn't take this to Chicago. I'm shooting you down. <laughs> That's right. I don't care. That's I don't right. care what you have to say. You're gone. I don't know why you're coming back this direction. That's not what I told you to do. He's very simple. The one direction he told you to follow, do it. Or he's like trying to shoot you down, stab you. I don't know. Like the guy is crazy. It's just, you have to do exactly what he says or you get like, I don't know, evaporated or something by the Tesseract. It's just like, do what yeah. I tell you to do
2: that's exactly right he's a vindictive <laughs> son of a bitch if we've learned nothing yeah. that's what we know yeah
1: do exactly he's very one note do exactly what it tells you yeah. to do. he's not gonna ask you the <laughs> question, just do it
0: oh and that, i guess that's what we have to assume at this point he thinks this is a rogue pilot <laughs> mm-hmm. like where do you think you're going he's like
1: i don't know what you ate in your breakfast but i told you to go that direction you're not going so bye bye. yeah
0: that's no, it's crazy uh, I mean, I know, I, I know that he ran to the Tesseract, or uh, he ran to the Valkyrie because he knew his base was under attack. And so, I know that. I, I guess you could assume that you know when things aren't going as planned, perhaps it is because some of the uh, of, of your enemy has made it onto your ship and is is working against you. So, I guess maybe that's his thinking. But it just, yeah, I feel like just a few more shots would have helped explain some of this. That's me wanting joe johnston to have given us a little more and you know sometimes it is what it is in the case of this film
1: i would like to see him being furious though on the inside because i know he had to be pissed at moments i would have liked to see that it was very like you got to him as the as the the comics of certain moments were trying to ha- to trying to happen but you know to your point just kind of seeing him inside trying to figure out what's going on and trying to run around because there's nobody around him he's just running from end to end Trying to figure out what he can do is always like that frustrating moment for the villain. Like, what else do I have? What else can I do next?
0: Right. Yeah. Give us a little more. Show show him, you know, stewing and, and working out some plans.
2: Again, project management problem. But, uh, Andy, can I uh, ask for an engineering sidebar? No, please. I want to go back a lot of seconds to uh, second six Ooh, in okay. the minute.
0: All right. Way back.
2: Second six in the minute is the New York plane or New York bomb. Yep. Flagrante Delecto, whatever
0: you call it. (laughs) flagrante Delecto, the the Flieger Parasite.
2: It is, a. it's falling, so it's disengaged, right? Yeah. There is, the cutout for the, for the bay doors seems to indicate that the giant propeller is actually on the outside of the Valkyrie.
0: It is. It is. Yeah, when you see it, when you see like all those last minutes last week when we saw the Valkyrie flying, those eight propellers in the back are those these are eight, the bombs. Those are the bombs. Correct.
2: All right. So I'm I'm there. I, I'm there. But then when you go back or when you go forward to, I think, second, there's a there's a fist fight, fist to cuff, fist to cuff, And then it cuts back up. I'm looking for where the other I guess now I get I'm, yeah, there's I'm two. frozen on frame 11 I see two, and the, there's one yeah. kind of in the middle that looks like it's. There are two kind of in the middle that look like they've fallen. Okay, right. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So those, uh, that that does answer the question for me. That those those propellers are. I guess the plane gets slower as they drop the bombs.
0: Well, according to the book, uh, and it's again never really explained in the in the film, but according to the book, the plane doesn't need those to actually fly they are there to because of tesseract energy because of uh, that's uh, the assumption it's
2: flying with like tesseract energy something like that yeah
0: yeah the well it's flying with those two rocket engines at the back which yeah i guess right. are propelled by the tesseract energy so these propellers are there just i don't know just kind of to guide it along um but they don't need to be well, there it's a,
2: it, because the whole valkyrie is a hybrid Apparently, it's a
0: hybrid. It's like it's a, it's a te- that's, Prius. That's what it is. It is. Yes. Enemy, enemy airships. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it is. Is it, is it hydro- hybrid or would it be more like an electric? It, where it's all. Do you think by all tesseract. electric? It's all. all power- well,
2: I get. I mean, I guess if, if those little propellers are actually powered by tesseract juice, that's. But I, I assume that, it is. Well, that's yeah, probably right. all electric. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> more of a fuel. The red cell.
1: skull and a Prius. I love it.
2: <laughs> very the germans are very into the environment it's all i'm saying
0: except for his coupe, which is a gas guzzler because he just likes to stick it to them with that
2: but you know i'll bet i'll bet dollars to donuts it's diesel he's probably getting 70 miles to the gallon <laughs> that's probably true
0: uh okay. Here's another question. We we know that it's a little ridiculous. We brought up that that Red Skull can pilot this enormous plane by himself. How is he also aiming and shooting?
2: Uh,
0: Alexa,
1: pilot mode. Oh, yeah, Alexa, Alexa, pilot mode. <laughs> yes, that's it. Figure it out.
0: Uh, except except here it's Zola. Zola,
1: yes. right. Zola autopilot.
0: Hey Armin. <laughs> <laughs> i just it was funny because i'm like okay so he's turning all of these these things on we see the two tesseract turrets on top of the valkyrie like spin and now they're targeting steve and they start blasting at him and stuff but i was wondering like how is he how is he aiming and fighting and targeting all that and also still piloting a plane uh but yes i think it's a smart
2: plane it's got to be a smart plane
0: it is a smart plane He pushes buttons and things happen
2: yeah (laughs) yeah At no point does the plane say, did you mean turn on the living room lights? Like, you know, we don't have any of those kinds of. Wouldn't that be great, though? It would. That would have made a better, a more realistic movie. Yep. Yep. Some of your devices are not responding. <laughs> it's in my house every damn
0: day. I know. It's ridiculous. Uh,
1: these impressions are fantastic. I love this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're here. His his German. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So at the end of the minute, we see that, uh, you know, Steve is dodging shots. Uh, The tail gets hit by one Tesseract blast, and he kind of starts wobbling a little more. And that's kind of right where the minute ends. We don't get to get any further than that. Uh, But, you know, it's a good minute. Any last thoughts from either of you with any of the stuff going on throughout this minute? As we're down to just Steve, no pilots, and Red Skull off in the Valkyrie. Any last thoughts?
1: Um, I just want Pete to do us an impression of the Red Skull in a Prius to send us off. That's (laughs) that's that's the only thing I enjoyed from this minute. You know, I just I just enjoyed all the impressions of you know of the Red Skull. You know, so hopefully we figure out what he does when we're not watching Cap. You know, beat him up and spoil his plans, but we don't know right now.
2: Right, right, and that's true. I. (laughs) i I have some ideas I actually really i I love the design of the ship the valkyrie the way the bombs now that I've totally internalized how the propellers work in alignment with the valkyrie I think that's really cool. the way the wings of the suicide bombs uh fold up I just think the design of all the elements in this in this minute are really 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 cool and um it just showcases so much of of you know, even if not directly, Joe Johnson's you know design expertise, certainly his eye and taste for building a team that's able to create this kind of a vision. I think it's really neat.
0: Yeah, uh, we we didn't we haven't really talked about this aspect since um, the beginning of the movie, Pete. But you know, when they are carving into the ship from above in the Arctic. Yeah. We were we were debating about the way that the wing was sticking out. And you do get some shots here, uh in those wide shots where you can see the tips of the wings do kind of curve up a little bit. So it might make sense that it sticks up. There is a huge hump though right in the center, kind of like you see that when the you get the shot of the two turrets spinning to shoot at Steve. And that also like I I guess I just I end up wondering like where were they carving into when they cut into this into the ship, you know, because it's, it seemed very flat and level when they did it. And when they go into the ship, the entire interior seems completely level. Yeah. So it does make me wonder exactly at what point on the ship they did actually carve into it.
2: There seems to be a little bit of discontinuity because the only way I could wrap my head around that is that they had to carve through a lot of ice because that part of the ship must have been buried much lower than the wing part that was sticking up, right? And that it was, it was at such an, a down angle. But they had to go through a lot of ice and snow to get to the the actual ship where they drilled in, because where they drilled in was right in the middle. Yeah, right. But you know, two hundred feet in from away from the wingtip. So yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a curious. There is actually yeah, there's I I I do love there's sort of a hero second. Uh, it is the I don't know second fifty six or seven where you get the Valkyrie in the background, you get. You know, Cap, like his head is down and the rim of the uh, of the the flagrante delicto is is right at his (laughs) face level. And so all you get is this helmet profile with the white wing on the side Mm -hmm. of his helmet. And it's so cool. Like as murderous as Cap is, it's very cool and maybe just a little bit patriotic to have him, you know, I put that as a poster up on my wall. Just Cap. Lowered down.
0: That's cool. So it's, all, it's all good because of the wing, huh? Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the right. Wing makes it. It's a hero shot.
0: It is. It is a hero shot. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about minute 103. Uh, so, Ryan, remind everybody again about uh, what you're up to out there on the interwebs.
1: Um, Black girl nerds. You know, when I'm not um, up way too early with coffee and soda because I'm also on news broadcasting. Um, You know, yeah, I get a yeah. I get to take a little break from the craziness of the world and, and talk superheroes with black nerds. And you can find us on all social media platforms. You can find me at November Bear on Twitter and Ryan Ben on Instagram. And yeah, anytime I can talk about Marvel, you guys already know I'm here and, you know, I'm excited to get to the next minute. I'm ready.
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, with that, uh, let's close up shop for this minute. Thanks, Ryan, so much. We appreciate you. Uh, joining us uh, today and all week so we are glad to have you here and pete thanks as always
2: no no andy you get to call me super fingers
0: (laughs) (laughs) until next time true believers
2: marvel movie minute is a production of true story fm engineering by andy nelson this season's music is spread the news by anthony vega and this season's show art is by winston yabo find the show at TrueStory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews consider doing that for this show
0: gross like that, i
2: just said it and it's yeah, just gross is that,
0: yeah let's I, not ever use that again so, i
1: i think uh, in every episode like that personally
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh super fingers <laughs>